Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded Podcast. We're the healing trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And let's start rebranding your wellness journey. So welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. This is Elizabeth. I'm here with Tara and Maria and a very special guest. Today we have with us Natasha Nagindi. Uh, She goes by Tosh and she is a Canadian non-diet nutritionist and founder of the Thick Nutritionist brand. She's also a certified Zumba instructor, which we talk about a lot here on our show and passionate about exercise. Uh, that exercise should be enjoyable for all bodies in a non- non-judgmental, body-positive environment. Tosh spent years being a slave to diet culture, but she was never able to keep the weight off. After hitting rock bottom, she finally gained food freedom and learned to truly love herself. In short, she's passionate about spreading the word about the anti-diet message, body acceptance, health at every size, and intuitive eating. She believes that we all deserve to live a fulfilling life free of the pressures of diet culture. So we're just super excited for you to join us. We are all about rebranding wellness away from weight, away from diet culture, and towards peaceful eating and mental and emotional health and enjoyable movements. So thanks for joining us. No, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be a guest. Awesome. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your story? Okay, sure. So it starts back in South Africa. I lived there for the first eight years of my life. And while I was there, most women were in larger bodies. So I never really even thought much of people's body sizes. Also, I was young, so that probably contributed to it. But just looking around at at like aunties, parents, everyone, everyone was larger. Coming here though, um, as a young kid, I realized quickly that the Western standards were totally different just by all the different media that was coming at me. And I ended up realizing how far away I was from that standard of beauty. So I figured if I can't change my skin color, let me change the size of my body at the very least. So I then really wanted to lose weight for many years of my life up until the end of high school when I got the most extreme with my disordered eating. At that particular point, I was just so frustrated because I had been trying to diet on and off for years. But at that point, I was really motivated to lose um, particularly 50 pounds because a guy that I liked told me that was the magic number that I had to lose to be attractive because apparently I was cute, but for a fat person. So to be loved, I had to be skinny. I took that as a form of love or a form of encouragement um, to be healthy. So I really restricted my calories and I over-exercised 
six times a week, twice a day if I could. And it was just really toxic, but I did lose that weight and it was rapidly. The sad thing about it is that as I was going on this weight loss journey, I thought I was being healthy because I was following random health tips that I found online. And also everyone around me was congratulating me. They were so happy. People were coming to me like I was a weight loss guru, which fueled my passion for nutrition actually, which is so ironic because at that point I was thinking, I am gonna help people lose weight so they can be healthy too. Um, and as you can imagine, that diet did not last for too long. I did get into nutrition, but over the next four years, I ended up regaining the weight plus 50 extra pounds. So I basically lost that 50 pounds and then gained 100 pounds. And that was very traumatic, especially being in nutrition. So I was wondering, how am I ever going to help people lose weight if I can't control my own weight? So I ended up thinking, let me go see a dietitian. At that point, um, I was in Saskatoon, so it's a very small city in a small province, and not many people were talking about intuitive eating or anything anti-diet. The dietitian I saw was actually one of two dietitians talking about it at that time. I'm so lucky <laughs> that I got to see her because when I went to her office and I told her about how I was struggling with my weight and how I really wanted to lose weight, she did hear me out. She was so compassionate, but then she offered me a different way of looking at health, which is when I was introduced to this space. I had never heard of this. My mind was absolutely blown. And that is how I became the thick nutritionist, because at that point I started my Instagram page just to share my journey and everything I was learning because I just felt like the message had to get out there because if it was bothering me, I'm sure it applied to everyone else. Um, and yeah, over the years it transitioned. I ended up getting to a space where I am able to help other people now that are facing those struggles that I once had. There Thank are so many horrifying parts to that story. Um, but I have to say, I absolutely love your handle of being the thick nutritionist. It just like makes me smile every single time you've said that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and um, Tash, thank you so much for sharing your story because I, in my heart, as I'm listening, I can feel the struggle, mm -hmm. right? Like going through all that, I can, I'm listening to you and I, and I feel the, the, all the emotions that I'm sure you went through all these and made me think of all the people that are currently going through similar situations with all the struggle and the emotional weight that that brings. So thank you. It's my pleasure. I, yeah, it was a hard time, but I'm glad that at least that pain can be used positively now for other people. Mm -hmm. So what was that process like for you when you landed in that dietitian's office who thankfully knew about intuitive eating and a kind of a different way of looking at health? Do you like, do, what did it just like hit you immediately? Oh my gosh, this sounds so much better. I want that. Or was, how did that process unfold? Did it take more time? Tell us a little bit about it. 
It was not an instant process. <laughs> Somehow I didn't figure it was. <laughs> yeah, I would say it took several sessions before I finally accepted that this might really be a positive, different way of approaching health. And I realized that trying those little mindset shifts was actually making a difference. For example, initially I would only eat foods that I thought were healthy and I avoided all the foods that I actually really liked because I felt like if I had those foods, I would lose control around food. But then when she challenged me to give myself unconditional permission to enjoy foods and to just not see it as good or bad, I noticed that in actually trying that, I was able to like choose a variety of different foods that did make me feel good. And I realized, hey, I'm actually not binging. It seems like there might be something to this. And also just moving my body before I was so extreme about it. And when I ended up giving up on everything, I just stopped moving for years. So with talking with her she's the one that actually encouraged me to find movement that i enjoyed doing and that's how i started going to zumba classes and i realized okay movement can be fun so as we were going along those sessions and i believed it more is like how i got closer to actually understanding and then starting my page i'm so glad you found the way but i'm still so horrified that you felt the pressure and the need to fit in and to change your body. And, you know, you can't change your skin color, which is also horrifying, you know, like, ah, there's just a lot to this, Tash. And I love, Tash, when you said something stuck with me. Yeah, the looking for that feeling free of pressure, right, is, is and in general, not only diet culture, nobody wants to live under pressure to put their self-worth or the way we look under conditions of what these standards that whoever created that is, is, is standards that are not made to support us in any way or support our health. Like it makes me think like F the standards, like what standards are these and created by whom with what intention? Because these standards do not bring happiness I, I would even say to anyone, right? And then looking for that of all of us looking the most similar way possible with goes against nature and which is for all of us to be unique with our own abilities and, and appearance and all that. But then we're in a way we're trying to do the opposite. And it just, when when we talk about it, it really doesn't make sense. Even if we have fallen victim of this for so many years, when we really sit down and think about it, it doesn't make sense. No, it really doesn't. That's why I hate how we're all pressured to fit into this box. And I talk about how even if we all moved the same and ate the same foods, we would still look so different. So mm -hmm. I just think that we can't accept that diversity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um I love that you framed it as pressure, Maria, because that's exactly how I describe diet culture is like pressure to eat a certain way, pressure to exercise a certain way, pressure to look a certain way, for everybody to kind of fit this one mold. And it's just so toxic. And I think your story in particular just 
you know, as all of our stories do, but it, but it highlights, like, it's about mental and emotional well-being, right? And not just physical well-being. And we can't ignore one at the expense of the other. I think it's crazy. Elizabeth and I were talking earlier. Um, diet culture just works its way in to like every nook and cranny in your life. Yesterday I was at work and I noticed every time I would get up off the floor, I'm a personal trainer, right? So I'm on and off the floor a lot. My knees would hurt. And I started thinking like, oh my God, I'm only 39 years old. Is this like arthritis? Am I going to need knee replacements in the next few years? Like what is going on? Um, and then my thought was, oh, maybe I should try to lose some weight, right? I live in a larger body. Maybe if I took some weight off my knees, that would be helpful. Um, and then I came home from work. I even posted a meme about welcome to middle age rigor mortis sets in while you're still alive. <laughs> and, um, turns out last night before bed, I came down with 102 degree fever. My son shared hand, foot and mouth with me. Yay. Um, so, and his, one of his first complaints was that his knees and ankles hurt. And mm -hmm. I just didn't make that connection and immediately went to diet culture, even though I would consider the four of us like anti-diet culture gurus, that's still where I went. Um, so you can just see how it works its way into everything. Yeah. Even with those of us who know better. Yeah, it's such an important point because I think, you know, diet culture is like the the hyper focus on weight, right? If there's a problem, it must be because of weight. And if you lose weight, you can fix it. And the reality is there's a million reasons why someone's knees might hurt. And there are other ways to handle knee pain. But I think we're yeah. only given one way in diet culture. Yep. And it does so, like Tash, soak up. How, what was the change in your life after visiting that professional and we're talking about pressure and now I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sure you brought a little bit of the opposite for you. How did you start noticing the changes in your life when you realized that there was a whole different way of doing this or of living? I think I noticed it when I did not feel that pressure anymore. And when I started noticing how that pressure was affecting other people around me, so even though I was there, I felt like I kind of had a raincoat against the things that were coming against me. So that was nice. That's when I realized that, okay, I think I get this. I think I'm in the flow of the anti-diet world now. Um, but in my own life, I noticed it because I was finally able to do things that I always wanted to do before that mm -hmm. I thought I wasn't good enough to do in a larger body. So going to the beach was no longer a question or going on a vacation or just going to a special event no longer had those underlying fears of I should probably change my body. What are people going to think about me? It shifted more to this is going to be an awesome time. I'm so excited. What am I going to wear? Because I just genuinely like clothes. I like fashion and I like feeling good. So the clothes that I was going to wear were not going to like depend on whatever size they were. I was going to be okay no matter what, which is just so freeing compared to before because before I might have even purposely bought something smaller just so it motivates me to be that size for the event then I'll be uncomfortable and just too much going on so I think being able to do things I wanted to do and even the fact that I became a Zumba instructor was also a really big deal because I had to 
move past any fears that I had about other people judging what I looked like and just finally enjoy movement was amazing. And I, yeah, just the overall freedom, I would say, just freedom. <laughs> it sounds like you were making, is that moment when we realize that we make things fit for us or, to, you know, in our lives rather than the other way around? rather than us doing things to fit on whatever we think we might, we need to fit in is the other way around is creating a life around, around you, who you are, you know, with everything that means to be you. Exactly. So, how did you discover Zumba? And then how long did it take you to become a teacher? Um. So I just always liked dancing in general and in my life, the only movement that I did somewhat enjoy was dance fitness classes. I just did not really allow myself to do them because I thought it didn't count as exercise. So I was familiar with Zumba for a long, long time, but get, getting permission from the dietitian to go to Zumba and just enjoy it for what it is, regardless of the calories burned, is what got me doing it more often because before I didn't even really have a goal. But as time went on, I ended up naturally just wanting to go multiple times a week. Um, and so that went on for, I think, like two years before my instructor announced that she was not going to be there anymore, which made me decide to go down the instructor path. And that was about six months before I actually got fully started, after I decided. I love great. it. So dancing is amazing. It is a form of exercise. Um, Tash, do you know that Elizabeth here present um, says that she's, um, I, I think she even said that she's never tried Zumba because she thinks she might be too good, too bad at it. Could, can you please help me explain to her, number one, that she will love it, I think so. And number two, no bad is bad at Zumba. That's like, no. Exactly. You have possible. <laughs> okay, you guys have seriously not seen my dancing. Elizabeth, let's, let's have you do some Zumba, please, so it would change your life, okay? You're going to you, thank me forever. Do you do virtual classes, Tosh? Yes, yeah, she yeah. does on her Instagram. She has like Sunday Zumba, so no excuse you for do? you. I do. I do. It's been oh. on hold for the last few months because of summer, but I do offer Sunday virtual Zumba classes. Okay. Well, but I can get on board with that. I can girls do it in my basement and nobody will see me and I'll report back on how it goes. And then if it goes, okay, we'll go to one in person, ladies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Give it a chance. It's so much fun. There's really no way to fail at Zumba. It's like intuitive eating. That's how I see it. As long as you're uh, moving your body, you're doing it right. <laughs> Gosh, what about intuitive Zumba? We can start calling intuitive Zumba. You can do like me. I Sometimes I follow what the instructor is doing, and sometimes I'm dancing my own stuff, okay? Because the music is so good that I'm like, hold on. I need a minute to get my inner dancing creativity out and then I try to follow the steps you don't even there's no rules really as long as you move your body and have fun that's it win-win Maria I do that exact same thing but usually it's because I can't follow the instructions <laughs> <laughs> but and nobody knows it's because of that just use my excuse 
I'm like a decent dancer when the music is just on. Like I can hold some rhythm, whatever. But then get in Zumba and all of a sudden I'm like a babe in the woods. Have you guys ever seen the Seinfeld episode where um, Elaine is dancing with the, her finger pointing? Yeah, that's that's pretty much my style of dancing. So <laughs> We're going to change that really crazy in Zumba, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> so Tash, um, right now, what do you think is the biggest impact you you've had with or, or first of all, I guess, what's your biggest message? And ha- if you've seen the impact that this message has had in the lives of, of other people. Okay. The biggest message I have would just be that diets don't work. And diet culture is honestly based around an entire industry that is profiting from our insecurities, really. It's not actually about actual health. It's just about appearance. It's prioritizing your shape and, you know, that rather than actual health. So I really wish we could understand that health is so multifaceted. It's so complex and just losing weight is not necessarily a guarantee or a ticket to health. It does not mean that you're going to be happy. It doesn't mean that all of those things that diets promise you are actually going to happen. And if you do want those things and if you want to pursue health, there's nothing wrong with that. But that can be done without actually focusing on weight. And diet culture is also about profit. And I think everyone should recognize that. So I have a question for you. I love that message, by the way. Um, I would wholeheartedly echo that. Um, but part of your story was, you know, I, I lost weight. I probably had disordered eating or I did have disordered eating. It was inadvertently praised. Like that's what led me to become a nutritionist, which I think is really common for nutritionists, dietitians to struggle in diet culture, maybe more than a lot of other people. Um, but I'm curious what it's like for you to do this work and be a nutritionist in, um, a thicker body. So I was going to ask that question, Elizabeth. (laughs) What's that? I said, I was just going to ask that. You took the words out of my mouth. Oh, (laughs) good. It's a good question. It's a mixture of like sometimes terrifying, but also exciting. And the reason I say it's exciting is because there are lots of people that do resonate with the message and that are excited to have a practitioner in a larger body that gets it and that has gone through all the experiences and also understands the science. But it's also terrifying sometimes. And it's funny because it's more in the sense of like how other nutrition professionals might perceive me. And so I I talk myself down. I know what is logical and how that doesn't matter, but those feelings can still come up sometimes. But for the most part, I'm happy to be in this like space and I'm excited to be in a larger body. I think it's, um, it's uh, in my opinion, and Tara, you probably would agree with this in fitness as well, I would imagine, but 
it's kind of like in unavoidable for our bodies not to also be a focus of or like in the room when we're doing work with food and fitness, right? Because people are so conditioned to think that health looks one certain way. And if you've gained weight or if you don't match that version, people are, a lot of people are, you know, making judgments about that. And even if they're not, we might think they are. Exactly. I like frequently hear one of two things. <clears throat> wow, you don't look like a trainer. <laughs> That's really common. Um, and I'm usually like, oh, what do they look like? <laughs> and then they feel really like awkward because they have to say, well, I thought they would be more fit and have more muscles than you. And I'm like, oh, well, everybody has like 600 muscles. So they're there. You just can't see them all. Um, you know, or people will go, oh, I love that you don't look like a typical trainer because I feel like you won't make me stop eating things I like. And I'm like, yeah, that's very on brand for me. I don't make you stop eating anything. Um, But I definitely get more nervous around groups of my peers. Like when I go to like a personal training conference or something and everybody is like, you know, jacked and juicy, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really fit in here, but that's okay. I'm also the busiest one there. So I was going to say, but you have more knowledge and experience probably than most of the people, if not everyone in the room. Yeah. I actually read a stat the other day that says like 80 to 90% of personal trainers quit within their first year and only 6% of trainers who start training, make it to 10 years and beyond. So I just kind of remember like, Hey, I've been doing this like 20 years, (laughs) like come at me. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty awesome. That is incredible. I wonder if it's the same for therapists. I'm sure people have a concept of what therapists should live their lives like. I mean, do people think that we don't yell at our kids? We don't fight with our partners. We, you know, we don't cry. We're always happy. I think a lot of people probably do. I guess so. Because I think people think that everything that we say to a therapist is like being judged. Oh, that, that we judged. Covered. Yeah. That we judge. Okay. Yeah. I mean, or I don't, that you're I don't maybe... think we do that. I mean, not in my case. I don't think I judge. I mean, we're really empathetic. But many things that my patients do, I do too. And they probably think I don't. So the, the you know, the, the, the tools is not because I don't use them in my life. I use them too. And they work. I have problems like anybody else and therapists can also be diagnosed with depression and yeah I guess that's a good point like I mean we can get diagnosed with things and still be a great therapist like this conception that you have to be or look a certain way to be good at your job is 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 just not based on reality at at all or also that because we're healthcare professionals, we have it all, everything figured out, right? We're still mm-hmm. just real people. I mean, I have days where I'm like, oh, I really did not eat very great today. I, I don't feel so good. Um, and, you know, like, but it's it's a practice. That's wellness is a practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So Tosh, the name of our show is Rebranding Wellness or Wellness Rebranded. Um, what what's like one thing that you would like to rebrand? I just wish that we could rebrand what the definition of actual health is and just completely remove weight from that equation or at least 
emphasize the fact that it's just a very tiny little factor that does not need to be so like focused on. So yeah. Also, I wish that the entire diet industry would just crumple. <laughs> Self-combust. <laughs> yes, I wish it would just crumble because it really is not actually benefiting anyone and we're all just trapped in this cycle of thinking that we need to do these things to impress each other when at the end of the day we're just hurting ourselves and there's truly nothing that makes you a better person or a better anything by losing weight. What beautifully said wonderful way to wrap up so thank you for being here and joining us I think we probably have all of this conversation where can people find you and do you have any kind of resources that you would like to point anyone towards you can find me on instagram at the thick nutritionist or on youtube I'm slowly transitioning over there I want to make some full-length videos and on my website, thethicknutritionist.com, where you can find my body image workbook that I currently have up. You can also sign up for Zumba with me there, and you can also apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching. Awesome. Right. I just want to thank you, Tash, for being here, for sharing your story, for your Instagram account, for spreading the message. I feel that you know, the more and more we talk about it, the more and more we're going to start finding people that are realizing these things. And then hopefully one day we'll become a larger and larger group until we debunk diet culture and destroy it, like you say. So um, I think that day might come. I have hope. I have hope too. I do think it will come. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with me outside of this podcast, you can find me on Instagram at coaching underscore therapist. Uh, I'm Elizabeth. You can find me at Elizabeth Harris Nutrition or in my Facebook group, Health and Healing with Intuitive Eating. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Tara DeLeon Fitness. Guys, if you loved this episode or any of our other, other episodes, we would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it really, really helps us um, get the non-diet word out to the rest of the world. So um, please leave us a review. Yes, thank you.